pop-outs, what's up? We making money in quarantine, dirt in my stick and my wood clean It's a blue Benjamin's vaccine, need to bounce back now on taxing Fuck up the trap, we go tag team, talk on FaceTime, is no texting Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you would do me a favor, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, I'm trying to reach thousand subscribers, so anything will help. And here's where we'll start. So week two of the NFL has concluded, and we are going to react. Now, most all these reactions, because we're so deep in, or so early into the season, most of them are going to be overreacting. So I don't have to keep saying, you know, overreaction, overreaction. But we're going to break down each game and, and, you know, give my point of view from each team. And let's start with the biggest game, the, the, the game that had us all like, what? And of course, that is the Ravens and Chiefs. Going into this game, the, the biggest storyline was can Lamar Jackson or will Lamar Jackson ever beat Patrick Mahomes? Going into the game, Lamar Jackson was 0-3 against Patrick Mahomes, and I think he was like 30-5 and against everyone else. And it's just Patrick Mahomes and, and Lamar Jackson are just completely different players. They're both very good players, don't get me wrong, but they're both completely different. You have Patrick Mahomes, who's more of a, of a thrower. He can, he'll throw the ball left and right. And, of course, Lamar Jackson is more of the run game quarterback. So, But both, you know, he Lamar Jackson is probably the most elusive quarterback the game has ever seen. But let's just speak on let's, – let's, let's, let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs side. This is probably the first game where you saw mistakes really cost the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, of course, you can say, but what about the Super Bowl? Yeah, the drops cost them, but I think the biggest thing that costed the, the or that costed the Chiefs the Super Bowl was the fact that they did their offensive line was horrible. And you and you knew that's how they feel because going into this season, they completely retooled the offensive line. But Kansas City Chiefs, the 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 idea about you know when we talk about Kansas City and 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 how to beat Kansas City is you have to be mistake free. You have to be mistake free because they capitalize on all their mistakes, on all your mistakes. And hell, you can even look at even look at this game. Lamar Jackson started off with a pick six. He also had a pick in the end zone. The first, both of these were in the first quarter. Had a pick in the end zone. Uh, Tyron Matthew had two picks. And they scored on each pick. I No, they scored, of course, the pick six. So you're already behind the eight ball. And, of course, they were just going up and down the field. Pa- Patrick Mahomes was looking good. Travis Kelsey had one of the one of the best touchdown runs I think I've ever seen him do. Uh Tyreek Hill was pretty quiet, but McCole Harmon was uh, – everyone was doing what they're supposed to do, right? And, and like I said, they were capitalizing on the mistakes that Lamar Jackson and the, and the Ravens were, were doing. But in the second half, you know, you started to see – usually, usually the Kansas City Chiefs' mistakes don't really bite them because they don't make that many mistakes. Not saying they're a perfectly well-oiled team, but they don't really make that much mistakes. They – I don't know how it happens, right? But let's let's talk about Patrick Mahomes and, and the interception first. I've seen Patrick Mahomes. All right, so for people that didn't see, Patrick Mahomes was was scrambling. 
uh, he was getting sacked, but he just threw the ball up, I guess, hoping that probably uh, Travis Kelsey was going to get it. And it was intercepted. It was intercepted in Ravens territory. And, of course, it was in the second half. And the Ravens ended up getting it and scoring. And here's the thing. A, a lot of people, what the, the the thing that we always talk about when we talk about Patrick Mahomes is sometimes he can be a little reckless. Now, his recklessness doesn't cost them in part because he's so good, in part because, you know, the the team around him as far as the offense is so good and and the defense has, has improved. I mean, Chris Jones is good. Tyron Matthews is good. But we've seen we've seen Patrick Mahomes do that, like falling and then just throwing the ball up a thousand times. And every single time outside of Sunday night, either a player caught it, no, like one of the Chiefs players catches it, or it just is an incomplete pass. I think this was the first time in a while, I think, that we actually saw someone in, intercepted, and of course. You know, it's stuff like that that, you know, it it usually hasn't cost the Chiefs because, you know, again, they're so good. It usually doesn't cost the, cost the Chiefs. But when you're playing up against a team like the Baltimore Ravens, that could potentially cost you. And then the 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 pretty much backbreaker was Clyde Edwards Alaire fumbling the ball in the fourth quarter. Now, a lot of people Here's my here's my problem with the play. My problem with the play isn't the fumble. Of course, the fumble's bad. The fumble is horrible. Yeah, I think it was a fourth and fourth and two or I know third and two or something like that. My problem isn't that Clyde Edwards-Alaire fumbled the ball. Yeah, again, that's bad. That's but it's football. Mistakes happen. My problem is with Andy Reid. Now, when you when I when, okay, hold on. When you hear me say this, I'm not saying Andy Reid is a terrible coach. I'm not saying I'm beefing with Andy Reid. I'm not saying I have a problem. My problem is the play calling for that play. Late in games, right? Late in games, what you want to do is give the ball. Like, you want the ball in your best player's hands. And that's that's in any sport. That's in basketball. That's in baseball. That's, that's in any sport. You want the ball in your best players hands or for baseball you want your best players in the ninth inning you want them to to decide the game I don't understand yes Clyde Edwards Alaire is is your pretty much starting running back but we know the oper- we know the offense that the Chiefs run so why would you take the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands, who was slicing and dicing the entire night? In fact, the only bad play he had was the interception. Every other play was really good. So why would you take the ball out of his hands against a defense that's stopping the run? The Ravens, okay, so the Ravens were just, they were stopping the run time and time again. They weren't doing that good of a job with, you know, the passing game, but that's to be expected when you're going against the Chiefs. But the run game, they were they were stopping them like it, they were doing a tremendous job. Now, again, why would you give the ball to Clyde Edwards-Alaire in a in a stressful like a, a an important time like that, especially when we know the Ravens defense, especially the run defense is on fire right now. Clyde Edwards-Alaire isn't the most 
stout quarterback. He's pretty small. And I mean, not quarterback, running back. He's he's pretty small. Like, I don't understand why you would take the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. Again, this is the first. I don't think that this is going to completely wreck the, you know, Kansas City Chiefs is one game is game two. But I do think that this is the first game that you're really seeing that the Kansas City Chiefs mistakes cost them under the Andy Reid, uh, Patrick Mahomes era. So, you know, I just think that was an interesting cog and and I it was a great game. It was I mean, I know it was week two, but it was potentially game of the year at this point. And let's go over to the Ravens side. Going into it, especially after last week with the Ravens losing to uh, Ravens losing to the Raiders. Let me first say I apologize. I am man enough to come on here and give my opinions, give my takes. And I man, if I'm wrong, I don't mind being wrong. I don't I mean, it's my opinion. I don't mind being wrong. I can't when I came into the game, you know, like before the game, giving my predictions. I didn't think that the Ra- I thought the Ravens were going to I'm not going to say get blown out, but I thought they were going to lose by a wide margin, maybe 14 points or so, because watching the Ravens play the Raiders again and I I didn't I didn't like what I saw. Of course, Jimmy Smith was out. Uh, Peters was out and they were of course the Ravens have been hit since the offseason with just a litany of injuries so me th- I didn't think that the Pat Derek Carr and we'll talk about him a little later Derek Carr carved up the Ravens defense so I thought well dang if Derek Carr is doing it imagine what the hell the Kansas City Chiefs is doing like imagine what the Kansas City Chiefs is about to do to these people. And I wasn't wrong. I was not wrong. Patrick Mahomes carved up the the um <laughs> carved up the Ravens defense. But the, the 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 story around this game, honestly, is Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson was the best player on the field. Even with those two interceptions, of course, one of them being a pick six. I think it was the first drive of the game being a pick six. We've talked about this a lot, but I think this is a good time to bring it back up and and hone on it. Lamar Jackson is unlike any quarterback we've ever seen. Lamar Jackson is not Michael Vick. Uh, I think he runs faster and a little more elusive than Michael Vick. Now, he doesn't have the arm as Michael Vick, but yeah. Lamar Jackson is not Cam Newton in his prime. We've never seen a player like Lamar Jackson. And I think because of that, and I know because of that, it's hard to really wrap our brain around just exactly how good Lamar Jackson is and exactly who is Lamar Jackson. So, And and I say all that to say, because of that, you know, the world likes to, likes, you like, the world likes familiarity. The world likes comps. The world likes to, well, you know, compare one player to another. It it allows them. It's like movies, right? A shout out to Malignant for people that have seen it. Uh, Malignant is a movie unlike, I I don't, at least the the plot twist and everything. Malignant, I I liked that movie, Malignant. I saw it uh, this weekend or last weekend or something like that, last week. It was a good movie. 
But it's probably unlike any other movie we've seen, especially in the quote-unquote horror genre. And because of that, there's a lot of mixed emotions and a lot of mixed reviews from the movie Malignant. Now, again, movies are subjective. Music's subjective. You, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. There's nothing wrong with that. It is what it is. But I liked the movie. And a lot of reviews are saying it's confusing or it's just too jumbled or it's just too incohesive. You know? But when you look at it, I think that, and, and even uh, the, the, the director, I think James Wan, I believe his name is, shouts out to you. He even said, this is unlike anything I've done. You see, um, people like like familiarity, like I said, you like to say, hey, this is just like this. And it allows you to accept it more. The problem is, with Malignant, just like with Lamar Jackson, you can't do that. There's, n- I don't think I've seen a movie quite like Malignant. Of course, there are bits and pieces that are like other movies, but I don't think I've ever seen, in totality, I don't think I've ever seen a movie quite like Malignant. And I haven't seen a, we've never seen a quarterback quite like Lamar Jackson. And because of that, a lot of people want to fairly criticize a player, by the way, who is the who is a unanimous and the youngest, I believe, unanimous MVP ever. Does Lamar Jackson have have limitations? Yes. Lamar Jackson. We and we all know what they are. You know, Lamar Jackson needs to improve on his on his uh, his short his passing. I mean, there were a couple passes that he overthrew. I think it was like two. Uh, one of them was big to to Marquise Brown. Over just overthrew him. He needs to get a little better in the short game, like in the short, like short passing game. He needs to get a little better with that. But let's we we need to stop. We need to, just because we can't compare, just because we can't say he's like him or or. Or Lamar Jackson is just like him. So because we can't, we need to stop overly criticizing and unfairly criticizing Lamar Jackson. People think just because Lamar Jackson may need to improve in one area, he's just completely garbage. Or he's not a top quarterback. One, again, youngest unanimous MVP. And two, there's a lot of things that you can look at some of the greatest, right? And I'm not saying, when you hear me say this, don't hear me say that uh, he's better than Tom Brady. But if you look at Tom Brady, there's Tom Brady is one of the most cerebral. I mean, he's the GOAT of quarterbacks, right? And there's things that Lamar Jackson does that Tom Brady couldn't even fathom doing. Some of those runs, and I know, understand he's a quarterback, some of those runs that he did against the Kansas City Chiefs on, sun, on Sunday, I mean, the dude was, I think he was averaging like 10 yards a carry as a quarterback on a team where everyone that's scheming against you knows what you're going to do. They want to run the ball. The the Ravens were built on running the ball and everyone except I think one running back averaged more than six yards a carry or four or five yards a carry averaged more than that. Yeah, man, we need to, we need to really, we need to really put respect on Lamar Jackson's name, man. He was the best player on a, on a field that saw Travis Kelsey, saw Patrick Mahomes, saw Tyree Kill, uh, saw Marlon Humphreys, he, Tyron Matthew. Lamar Jackson was the best player on the field. 
And there's things that he did, for, whether it was the jump pass or, of course, we know the, the soundbite going around uh, John Harbaugh asking him if he wanted to go for it on fourth down. Of course, he said yes. They And that, that fourth down secured the game. Not a lot of players are doing that. Not a lot of coaches are asking their their quarterbacks if they want to do it. The the touchdown run or or some of the 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 passes where he's scrambling and he you know his his unorthodox passing you know passing angles and stuff like Lamar Jackson is unlike any player we've ever seen, especially at the quarterback position. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Yes, of course, he still has limitations, but that doesn't mean that, you know, it doesn't mean that he's he's, he's garbage. That, we just overly, I feel a lot of people overly criticize and unfairly criticize him because he doesn't have a comp. His comp is probably no like no one in the NFL ever. So, shouts out to Lamar Jackson. Uh, shouts out to... Uh, Shouts out to the Ravens, and, you know, they got the win. So let's move over to what we saw on Monday night, which was the Green Bay Packers and the Lions. Uh, and I'm starting to see see something. I'm starting to see something. It's only week two, but I'm starting to see something with the Packers that I feel – could definitely play a part moving forward. First and foremost, losing to, I mean, beating the Lions is no, I mean, I'm not, congratulations, you won, but the Lions are the Lions. The Lions have been bad forever. Uh, they, they're they down their two best defenders. Um, it's the Lions. Jared Goff was, <laughs> Jared Goff, I mean, he had a, he had a couple turnovers. Is the Lions? The Lions have the Lions do have some skill players. The Lions do have some skill players. Don't get me wrong, but it's just the Lions. I mean, Dan Campbell. We still don't know. I mean, still his first year. The Lions are the Lions. So them losing to the Packers is not, you know, not news. Outside of this, the score was thirty-five to seventeen. The Packers didn't really get going until the second half. Hell, the Lions were just going up and down the field. Like, <laughs> Jared Goff and that offense was just looked like a Super Bowl caliber just going up and down the field the first half. And that is the problem that I'm starting to see with the Packers, and it's their defense. I understand that. You know, Zendarius Smith is out. And that could be the biggest reason, but there should be no reason why week one, they get absolutely torched by Jameis Winston and the Saints. Like it's 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 they they get they get taken to the back backwood and just it, it's bad. I think what thirty eight to, to three? Probably the worst game. I've ever seen I think I think statistically that was Aaron Rodgers worst game ever honestly then the next week at least in the first half not only does it take the offense a while to get started but the defense is getting torched and of course after the you know coming back 
second half, Aaron Rodgers starts getting going. The the Lions start lionsing, and the the Green Bay Packers look like the Green Bay Packers. So I'm not really giving them credit for winning. My concern is, can there is their defense going to prevent them from being where? And it's not just that. It's is their defense? I don't think their defense is good enough to withstand slow starts from the offense especially against good teams again it's the it's the lions so the lions ain't putting fear in nobody's heart bro i just now again at the end of the day aaron jones was incredible uh aaron Rodgers made two passes one to Devontae adams one to robert tanyan that only aaron Rodgers probably could ever make but again and most of that of course was in the second half it's just I don't think their defense is good enough to withstand slow starts. And, hell, we even saw it. We saw it week one. Now, a lot of people want to say it's overreaction because it's just week one, but we just saw it in week two. Now, the difference is you're not playing against the Saints. You're playing against the Lions, an 0-2 Lions at this point. So, I just, again, I understand that Zendarius Smith's not there. So that, you know, that could be rectified if and when he comes back. But it's this defense is not going to. And you a lot of people ask, you know, Aaron Rodgers didn't want to be there. So why were they clamoring so hard for him to be there? Like, why were they pretty much like begging for this man to be there? And I say it goes back to those two passes. There's again, it's kind of like Lamar, like. There's really um, there's really no quarterback when Aaron Rodgers is rolling. There's really no quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. I don't think there's any now again. I'm not saying that he's the best or anything, but again, the pass to the pass to Devontae Adams and the pass to Robert Tanyan is why they kept him. Like it's like who we they know Jordan Love's not ready, so it's like we need you, Aaron. There's there's nobody that can do what Aaron does. So, you know, that that's that, man. That's that's that. Again, I'm not giving I'm not saying that the the team is now back on track because they beat the Lions. Um it's the Lions. So, uh but shouts out shouts out for the win. Shouts out to shouts out to wins, you know. Now you're one and one and uh Good job for avoiding being 0 and 2. So the next oh, the penalty game, man. You know, it's 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 man. It's starting to become real hard watching the the watching the um the Chargers, man. It's starting to become a challenge. It's not because they're bad. It's because they're so good. They're so good, but they keep getting in, in their, they get in their way always, man. I'm a lot of people. This, uh, I'm really starting to see. It may not have just been Andy Lynn. I mean Anthony Lynn. So the 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 Cowboys beat the Chargers seven or twenty to seventeen, but they they had no business beating the Chargers. The Chargers had two touchdowns taken back because of penalties and there was penalty after penalty after penalty after penalty 
after penalty. And it seemed like most of them were going against the Chargers. Now, yes, there were some that went against the Cowboys, but most of them was going against the Chargers. Whether it was offsides, whether it was whether it was taunting, which, by the way, P.S., this entire week was this. It felt like every game was was decided or was impacted by a taunting call. We'll talk about the 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 Titans game. We'll talk about we'll talk about the Steelers game. Like it just felt like almost every game was affected either one way or another by a taunting call. And it uh, doesn't make this taunting call. I, I, what do you want? Like, what are they expecting? The, the, these are the uh, these players are playing at a high octane level. You know, of course, taunting is part of the game. We remember Cam Newton. You know, hitting them folks. We we were, like it's about it's part of the game. And it, of course, it ain't leading to no fights and nothing. What what's what? Why is it so important? Why are we putting? so much on an on an official's plate we already got there's so much on an official's plate already like i don't think anybody went to goes to a game thinking dang i wish i was that official no there's a lot on an official's plate so why are we adding another one with this stupid taunting call and these taunting calls are affecting the ending of games like they're affecting they're they're taking away points i.e the the chargers cowboys it took away touchdowns like it's not it's not it is man it's just dumb it is what it is but it's dumb but back to the cowboys and, and chargers man um the Chargers, uh, it's just, it just seems like year after year. I guess they're cursed. I don't know what it is. I don't. I guess they're cursed because this has happened time and time and time and time again. The fact that there's something that affect, like they lose late games or they lose games horribly because of bad. Like again, two penalties, two times. The score was 17 to 20. The the Chargers lost this game more than the Cowboys won it. Now, of course, I mean, good go for the Cowboys. They won, but penalties took away two touchdowns for the Chargers. Two. I don't know any team that 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 wins in those type of circumstances. Two. So, but I mean, the 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 it's just discipline at this point. I mean, Mike Wood, Mike like the Chargers looked good outside of the penalty, like all the freaking penalties. Like that game probably had the most penalties of all the games on Sunday. Like it was, it was just that bad. So it, it was, it was man. They were throwing penalties left and right that game, or flags left and right. It was dumb. It was a, it was a tough game to watch. Of course, they they they. It was supposed to be a better game because you had the chart. I'm charging. You had Cowboys, but it was just a hard game to watch due to all the all the flags being thrown. And again, I believe that the Chargers lost the game more than the Cowboys won because of the stupid penalties. Again, it took to, a taunting penalty took away a touchdown. Think about that. So, and then the, and then the Cowboys. One thing I, I wanted. I, I it, it was kind of abundantly clear. On Sunday. Now, again, it could just be one game. 
or two because it no it could just be one game but it made it look it looked abundantly clear that the Cowboys running game might be moving in a different direction and I say that to say Tony Pollard has looked great this whole I mean again it's two games but he's looked great now, I understand Zeke had a touchdown as well as Tony Pollard had a touchdown on Sunday, but you're starting to see those plays where Zeke maybe gets five yards, maybe gets six yards. Those same plays that you're giving to Tony Pollard, you're getting 15, you're getting 10, you're getting a, like 12. Now, I don't think Zeke is done. And I, again, it could just be early in the season and, of course, how they're scheming it, whatever, but. It's starting to look like Tony Pollard's being more has been has been is being more reliable right now than Ezekiel Elliott, and it kind of is going back to last year because we know with Zach going down, Zeke was very inconsistent, but Tony Pollard was a lot more consistent last year than Zeke. Now, now Zeke is slimmer and coming into this season. Zach's healthy, so it's more of a passing game, uh, but. I'm, it's starting to look like Tony Pollard might be more reliable at this point of his career than Ezekiel Elliott. And that's not taken away from how good Ezekiel Elliott has been. And he's still the number one receiver, wide, I mean, running back. But Tony Pollard's getting, getting, he's, he's, he's getting a lot better. I'll tell you that. There was a lot of plays where he, he should not have, have converted or they were probably expecting maybe four or five yards and they're getting, 10 or, or 15 or 20 so i'm just saying i'm just saying don't be surprised oh man you know, i'm sorry i realize i get it i get it now i get it now i know what's wrong with carson wentz i know what's wrong with carson wentz for the longest i'm like yo there is something wrong with carson wentz i don't i don't know what it is I don't it's it's not just the injury history, but there's something wrong with Carson Wentz. And Sunday I figured it out. You can teach a lot of things. You can unteach things. It's like a habit, you know? Like you can you can break a habit and you can you can form a habit. It's all about making a concerted effort to do something, right? Like working out in the morning. That for some people, that is a you have to make a concerted effort to work out in the morning. A lot of people, including myself, work out a little better at night. Right. You know, I don't I'm not a morning person, so I work out better at night. I can go to the I feel better going to the gym, going to hoop, going lift weights at night. I know a lot of people say, you know, start your day. I, I get it. That's good for you. But some people they have to they have to try to form a habit. To, some people have formed a habit in working out in the day, during, like in the morning, first thing in the morning. Some people shower in the morning. Some people shower at night. It's it's what you what you is your habits, right? One thing that Carson Wentz has a habit of doing is being reckless. It's not just reckless with his body. It's, it's reckless. Like he, some, 
some of the passes that he makes are reckless passes, passes you don't need to make. Now, if you complete them, great. Woo. But if you don't, it can call it causes more damage than not if you don't make them. I.e. the shovel pass. The shovel pass that was intercepted and they were like at the two yard line. Or like the those passes he just throws up in the air. You know, the same pass that uh Patrick Mahomes was intercepted on, it feels like Carson Wentz does that at least once a game. It's not, I don't think it's now I, I will say this. I do think his confidence level has been shot for a while now, ever since the Nick Foles situation in Philly. I do think his confidence, because again, before that, he was an MVP candidate. He was an MVP front runner. And then, of course, you go from that to the city not really even rocking with you like that because Nick Foles brought them their first championship. But one thing that but one thing I'm starting is it was like this in college and it's like this in the NFL is he's you he's reckless. Not only put aside the injury, the injury history right now, he's reckless. I think he tries to 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 win the game on one play every time and it's just it's not the case. Now, bring into his injury history. I say all that to say, so the Rams beat the Colts on Sunday, twenty-four or twenty-seven to twenty-four. The Rams should have should have lost that game. The Rams were playing. The Rams did not play good. They didn't play like they played Week One. They didn't play good. I'm not saying that they're just not good. It's, the Rams just didn't play good. The defense just wasn't clicking really. Uh, the offense. Let me say this: the defense was clicking. It really was the offense. The offense just wasn't clicking. Uh, Matthew Stafford didn't look like the same Matthew Stafford week one. It just it was just a probably off off, especially offensively. It was probably just an off Sunday. But Carson Winston, we sit here today, Wednesday. Carson Wentz both sprained both ankles. How do you sprain both ankles in one game? I think the problem is, man, he's reckless and he's unreliable due to his 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 health injury concerns. And when you're the Colts and that's what I was saying last week, that's probably their worst fear. It's not their worst feel fear because, you know, they can't get another quarterback. I'm, I'm not saying. But this team, when you look at this roster going into this season, this team had Super Bowl hope Super Bowl aspirations and they thought that they were a quarterback away hell a lot of this team is the same team from a year ago that had Phillip Rivers that was on the verge of at least going to the second round of the playoffs if it wasn't for you know running to who they ran into they would have I'm not gonna say they would have won a Super Bowl but they would have at least made it to the second round of the playoffs this team is that good they're just a lot of they were thinking they're thinking they're just a quarterback away. And when you bring in and when you bring in Carson Wentz, you're hoping 
uh, pairing him back with Frank Wright. You're hoping that that's going to get you over the top. And it's starting to look very evident that it's not because he is a reckless player and he you cannot you're not he's not able to unlearn that because this has been the case since North Dakota State but of course you can get away with a lot more in college than you can in the NFL because in the in college you're probably playing maybe one NFL player a night or a weekend maybe especially uh, in the division he was in, like he went North Dakota State, you're probably not, you're probably maybe only playing one or two NFL players the entire season. So you can get away with a lot of stuff that you can't get away with in NFL. Again, I'm not, I'm not saying that Carson Wentz is garbage. All I'm saying is he is reckless, and with him being reckless, it doesn't work. And and. His recklessness, along with now he doesn't know, you don't even know like when he's going to come back uh, from two sprained ankles. And again, remember, he, he did have surgery on one of his feet. You don't, you, this, this can cost you a game or a, a season. And I think that is, that's the fear that, that, uh, that the, the, the Colts have. And it's starting to become, I know it was only week two, but it's starting to become a reality. So, oh, man. Another reckless player. <laughs> no, but this is funny. You have two ends of the spectrum. Both, both Carson Wentz and Kyler Murray are very reckless players. The thing is, Kyler Murray's reckless. Hell, Patrick Mahomes is a reckless player. The thing is, Kyler Murray's and the Patrick Mahomes, it doesn't cost them games. It's costing Carson Wentz and the and then Indianapolis Colts wins. Kyler Murray, I think right if you ask me right now, it's the MVP race is a neck and neck race between Kyler Murray and Tom Brady. Uh Kyler Murray, the game on Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings is uh, one of the craziest games I've seen in a while, and it's uh like on one hand, speaking on speaking speaking for the the Cardinals. On one hand, you're you're happy, you're excited. The Cardinals are start you're starting to see that they have something that they haven't really had in a while, and that's more of a balanced team. You know, Carson. No, why do I keep saying Carson? Went <laughs> Kyler Murray can go crazy, which he's gone crazy. I think he had another, this is another five touchdown game or I don't know, another. This is a five-touchdown game. Kyler Murray can go crazy. Crazy. Oh, no. Did he have five touchdowns? I know I know. Uh, Tom Brady had five touchdowns. But he can have the amount of touchdowns that he had. Right? He can have the amount of touchdowns that he had in... I'm, I'm going to see. Three. He can have three touchdowns. Some incredible. I know one was to AJ Brown, AJ Green. One of them was to DeAndre Hopkins. I think the other one was to Rondé Moore. Um, you can do what he does, scrambling out the pocket, this, that, and the third. And now, the the game, the the team is more balanced. Kyler Murray's doing his thing. Chandler Jones is doing his thing. JJ Watt. 
Buda Baker, like it's starting. I'm not saying it's completely caught up, but their defense is starting to catch up with their offense. They're becoming more of a balanced team. So the recklessness that again, he had Kyler Murray had three touchdowns to two interceptions. And those two interceptions were not good interceptions. Like they were, uh, I wouldn't have thrown that one. But his recklessness is not costing them games. Hell, Kyler Murray, in my opinion, is should should be front runner at least lead. I mean, they're two and yeah, two and zero oh, should be leading in the MVP vote at least right now. Again, week two, it is what it is. But so on one hand, you're excited like, hey, we're you know our team is getting balanced. It is what it is. Um, I'm excited. It, it's you know they're they're good. It's a really good team. This team is. It's the, I mean, the NFC West is is juggernauts, and this team is not like losing ground. I mean, I think they're like leading right now in in the NFC West. But on the other hand, they can think to themselves, "Yeah, well, they, we were doing all that, and we still almost lost." <laughs> in fact, if it wasn't for them missing a, uh, you know, the the Vikings, man, missed a field goal. I think they missed an extra point. The Vikings Vikings should have won that game, but they didn't. So, shout out to to the Cardinals. It was a good game for the Cardinals. But the Vikings, they're starting to to tread on on the same level as uh, the, the Chargers, man, except for they're not that good of a team. Yeah, you have, you know, Adam Thielen, you have uh, Justin Jefferson, that's that's about it. Oh, and Delvin Cook. I'm sorry, Delvin Cook was going crazy uh, on Sunday, but it's Kirk Cousins, man. Kirk Cousins is the kicking game. I don't. It's just the, the Vikings have lost. They're zero and two, and both games have been crazy losses. Like I'm not saying crazy as far as like they getting blown out. Their losses are they shouldn't have lost these games. The Vikings can should look up right now and be two and zero, and they're not, cause they're the Vikings. So uh, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. Let's move over to the uh, the Dolphins and the Bills. Now the Bills beat the absolute dog ish out of the Dolphins, thirty five zero. I told, and I said this. I said, "Yo, the Bills are probably going to destroy the the Dolphins." All, all, be, mostly because of how bad the Bills played Week One and against the Steelers, and they didn't want to duplicate that. And the Bill, the Dolphins, the, what the Dolphins do best, they just didn't. Like their defense was was horrible their defense was god awful they it was just bad but the 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 storyline coming out of this game was to attack of Aloha. and i think this game is a is a microcosm of why one reason why uh they've been trying the dolphins is always a team that you hear trying to dip their toe in the deshaun watson pool Kind of like Car- when you look at some players, some players can't escape 
that injury history. Some players are just more fragile than others. Not not calling them weak or anything, but more players are just fragile than others. I say that to say, two was hurt again. I think his bruised ribs. As you remember, Tua got hurt in Alabama. Tua has been hurt a lot. But even when he wasn't hurt, you know, like even he didn't, he wasn't hurt this whole game. You're starting to see, it's kind of like now, not to the same extent, but I think the Dolphins are kind of losing patience with Tua, kind of like the Giants are losing patience with Daniel Daniel Jones. Again, it's not to the same extent. I think the the Giants are just tired of Daniel Jones, I believe. But the I of course, you know, Brian Flores and that bet that great uh coaching staff, they're going to try to get the best out of Tua cuz I mean, Tua is a high draft pick. We know how good Tua was at Alabama, but It kind of goes to the kind of goes to what I said about Cam a little bit as far as your availability is your best ability. Right. And. The fact that he continues to get hurt, that is Tua. Now, I think his day to day he's time. We don't he, we don't know if he'll be playing next week or this week. Uh, on top of the fact that you have a quarterback that's better than him, that's available that they're asking for the sun the rain and the moon and and deshaun watson which probably going to wait for that price tag to go down seeing as though this is the second week that he has not played uh but i th- i just think that they're 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 you know i think their patience with tua is is running out because even when tua is on the floor or on the field he doesn't look incredible he looks like an average quarterback Sometimes below average. I mean, there was more. I don't know if you remember. There was multiple games where he got benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick when Ryan Fitzpatrick was there last year. So I'm not just I'm not chalking. Okay, so I'm not chalking his inconsistency or anything. You can't prevent being getting hurt. I'm not saying that that's his fault. But I'm just saying that this is another case of somebody of of Tua getting hurt. And the Dolphins should be better than they are. I mean, what do you do at one and one at this point? Your defense looked incredible game one. It looks horrible game two. So you don't know, and you got to get that together. But you, and it goes back to what I said before. You can have an incredible def, a team in general if you don't have the quarterback, or if your quarterback is 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 subpar at best, you have no chance. So I just I think that they have to they're. They know they have to make decisions with Tua. It's just, can they make decisions now? Because I think if they were to make a decision, their decision is, if they wanted to get another quarterback as far as in the draft, they should have done that last. They should have done that like last this year, when you had Justin Fields, when you had Mac Jones, when you had Trevor Lawrence, when you had Zach Wilson. They should have made that made that decision now. Don't get me wrong, Jalen Waddle's cool. Jalen Waddle's cool, but if you we're on the fence about Tua. You should have went with a quarterback this or last year because the the draft coming up, like next year's draft, doesn't really have to. Maybe Spencer Rattler, may no, yeah, maybe Spencer Rattler. That might be it. And I don't think really Spencer Rattler is doing much right now, at least. Or or 
you go with Deshaun Watson if you can pry him from Houston because I don't know what the hell Houston's doing either. So that's just the that's just the spot that the Dolphins find themselves in. Again, I took that's why I said I wouldn't worry about the Bills. I mean, the Bills are going to be the good. I mean, the Bills are the Bills. Don't don't let the first game fool you. What we saw on Sunday is the Bills. It's just the Dolphins have a lot more questions than they really want to have. So, um, speaking of penalties, <laughs> probably one of the the most the more exciting games was Seattle and Tennessee. Uh, and I and I I didn't I remember I said this. You can go back. I said the Tennessee was going to win this game. I did say that. I thought it was going to be a little more than three points, but I thought Tennessee was going to win this game. But we're starting to see something. You're not starting to see something. We've seen something, but it's starting to rear its head again. When people talk about Damian Lillard, right, people always say, well, Damian Lillard, he has C.J. McCollum. He has Robert Covington. He has he had Enos Cantor. He has pieces around him, which is true. D- Damian Lillard has pieces around him. Of course, I mean he's not a one man band. He had Melo, but but those pieces aren't good enough to win a championship, right? Those pieces aren't good enough to take him to the promised land, the championship. He is good enough as a player. To go to the championship and win. Like, if, if he played with a bunch of hymns, with a, if he played with a team full of Damian Lillers, they'd be champions by now, probably. But that's not how basketball works. Basketball, you have to play with a team. Now, of course, uh, te- other some teams have better players than others, i.e. Brooklyn Nets, the, the Golden State Warriors for a while, the, the Lakers. But just because you're the best player and you may be a championship caliber player doesn't mean the players around you. Why did I just bring up Damian Lillard? Russell Wilson. Russell, there should be no reason why the Seattle Seahawks lost lost, lost that game. I think they were up like double digits in the fourth quarter. But what happened? You started to see it. The offensive line just, I don't know if they were tired. The offensive line fell apart. Wide receivers started dropping passes. And the defense. We knew Derrick Henry was coming. We knew Derrick Henry was coming. I mean, Derrick Henry rushed. You know what it is? The Ravens and the Tennessee Titans kind of kind of mirror each other in the sense of their games are really predicated around running. The only difference is the the whole team, like the whole offense for the Ravens is predicated on running. And you can tell that because of how much they lack talent really in the wide receiver game. I mean, when your number one receiver right now is Sammy Watkins, that's an issue as far as the talent around your, your in the wide receiver core. 
Titans, their best player is Derrick Henry, and they will not shy away from that. Derrick Henry goes crazy. He's, he's Derrick Henry. That's just he had forty one catches, forty one rushes for like thirteen. I think like not thirteen, three touchdowns. And the, the big like he had a break, a big breakaway for one of them. Derrick is Derrick Henry. And that is the last thing you want against a defense like the Seattle Seahawks, a one that can give up big plays, even though you have Bobby Wagner. And they made some big plays. I mean, it's not like the game was – they lost in overtime. But it was a very favorable call that went their way with Russell Wilson, which I believe should have been a safety at the at the end of the game. But they lost – They, you know, Titans lost one in a field goal. Because Derrick Henry's going crazy. Julio Jones had over 100 yards. A.J. Brown, he dropped a big pass. Like, But even, like, I brought up Damian Lillard for, for um, in talking about Russell Wilson is because Russell Wilson is surrounded by, he has talent, right? Dwayne Brown, the offensive line, uh, D.K. Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Caught a caught a big uh, n- another touchdown. Uh, Chris Carson on the defense. You have Bobby Wagner. You have Jamal Adams. I mean, you have players, right? You have talent around you. But the problems that affect affect the Seattle Seahawks. Tend to rear their ugly head at the worst moments. And that's what happened on Sunday. They should have won the game. They were up, again, double digits, I believe, in the fourth quarter. With Russell Wilson as their quarterback. And they still lost. Hey. And that's why I always question if they can, are they going, like, it could be a sleeper. It could be a dark horse as far as Seattle. But there's so many things working against them. And as far as like their offensive line still is not good, their de- their defense is not that good. Hell, you know the you know what it is the difference between the Ravens' deep running game and the Titans' running game is it's so hard to scheme against the Ravens' running game because there's multiple people that can run. Lamar Jackson can kill you. Uh, any one of their plethora of running backs can kill you, especially with healthy. Like when healthy, they can do that. Tennessee Titans, one person, Derrick Henry. Now I understand Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry, but that's one person. <laughs> they couldn't stop that. They couldn't even slow that down. <sighs> man, that's hey man, that's that's Seattle. That's Seattle. So. And shouts out to the Tennessee Titans for, you know, uh, winning. So, uh, you know, one well, another thing that we're seeing is it's the NFL is hard. We knew it was hard. I mean, it's it's hard. And the NFL is not like college, like not even in the slightest. And that goes without saying. So 
you had two quarter two rookie quarterbacks going against each other uh in the in the Patriots and the Jets. Now the Patriots won 25 to 6, but you saw you saw a lot. I think I think you saw exactly how each team as far as the Patriots and the Jets, you saw exactly how each team can win and it can lose. And m- most of it let me let me just speak on the Patriots. The Patriots have an incredible running game. They don't ask Mac Jones to do a lot. He doesn't have to do a lot. It's different from uh, Trevor Lawrence. It's different from Zach Wilson. They don't ask him to do a lot because he doesn't need to do a lot. His off- he has an incredible offensive line. He has an incredible running game. He has an incredible defense. They don't ask him to do a lot. He doesn't need to do a lot. I feel I don't. I think if Mac if they ask Mac Jones to do a lot. They would be a lot worse off than they are because I don't think Mac Jones is ready to do a lot. But and now he's he's good, he's straight, but he's not good enough to do a lot. The Jets ask Zach Wilson to do a lot, like a whole lot. Their offensive line is horrible. Their skilled positions are horrible. Their defense is horrible. They ask Zach Wilson to save them in a lot of areas. And the problem is Zach Wilson is really, at least at this point in his career, is incapable of doing that. Zach Wilson can't. Zach Wilson had a, had a turnover problem at BYU. I saw one game live. It was BYU going against Navy. Now, he wasn't bad. He destroyed Navy. But if you look at Zach Wilson has a turnover problem. Zach Wilson throws he threw a lot of interceptions in college. And what are we seeing these first two weeks? Zach Wilson having an interception problem. Think about it. Like I and it goes back to what I just said about uh what I just said about college compared to NFL. There and especially with BYU, you probably won't see may you probably maybe see two or three. NFL type players the entire season the entire season maybe maybe three if you're lucky there's not a lot of NFL players and a lot of those NFL players are not on the defensive side of the ball unless you're playing like Alabama or something a lot of the NFL players that you're seeing more than likely are on the offensive side of the ball And and Zach Wilson still had an interception. He still had a high turnover rate. So what do you think is going to happen against a hundred percent NFL players? I mean, he had four. I think he had three interceptions the first quarter, or first half, or something like that. It was bad, man. It was bad. And I'm not saying that, you know, he's garbage or anything. I expect him to get better. But, yeah, man, that's a lot of things that that were that were okay and, and flew in the NFL. I mean, in college is not flying in the NFL. It's just not happening. So, we'll have to see how that goes. So. Shouts out to... Uh, Shouts out to um, Teddy Bridgewater and the B- Broncos. 
I mean, they're two and zero now. Yeah, they they haven't really played a tough schedule these first two games, but shouts out to them, uh, being two two or beating the Jaguars twenty three to thirteen. Trevor Lawrence had some moments that he looked really good. He looked really good in 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 maybe a quarter or two, but it, it kind of goes back. He's still a rookie. And the 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 pieces that he has around him suck. Like they're they're horrible. And Urban Myers it looks a little bit over his head. Like it it's it's just bad. It's it's bad. And um, the Broncos look really good. Again, I'm um, also a lot of this is because of the people that they're playing. But they have a real defense, man. Von Miller, Patrick Sertan, like they they. Uh, look really good and tri- and and Teddy Bridgewater is doing exactly what he needs to do. You're not losing them the game. It, this is a it's a complete team. This is the team that the Broncos hoping to have this year with Drew Locke. Uh, and the fact that Teddy Bridgewater is doing it, hey man, shouts out to them. So I don't know if they're champions. I mean, you know, I don't know. They're not championship caliber team in my opinion, but they're a lot better than I thought they would be. I knew they were going to be decent. I knew they were going to be good. I just didn't think they were going to be this good. So, at least early. And again, a lot of it is predicated to the people that they played. Uh, but shouts out to shouts out to the Broncos for for being two and zero at this point. So. Also, shouts out to the 49ers for being 2-0 as well, beating the the Eagles 17 to 11. I think this is more this is more on the Eagles than the 49ers. I mean, again, we know who the 49ers are. The 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo, that Jimmy Garoppolo is still good enough to win games. I'm not saying he's garbage and and even with Trey Lance there. The defense is again, to me they have probably the best roster uh, in the NFC, as far as just just roster, uh, Debo Samuel's look good. Like it, it's it's a complete team. Again, I think that this one was more on the Eagles as far as we expected the the, the Eagles that we expected w- was what we saw week two, week one. I feel that was an anomaly, and like we're gonna talk about when we talk, like we're gonna talk about in a second. Anybody is looking good playing against the Atlanta Falcons, uh, but. I, it it just it, it was just bad on all fronts on defensive front on you know Jalen Hurts didn't look great in fact no Eagle really looked good the Eagles that we thought I thought we were going to see is what we saw on Tuesday so, I mean Tuesday what we saw on Sunday so shouts out to the 49ers and Jimmy G for for beating the Eagles 17 to 11 so a game that I want to kind of talk about a little bit more is the Steelers and the um the Raiders. So the Raiders won 26 to 17. There's a lot coming out of this game actually. Let me speak on let me let me get <laughs> let me, so, so I don't know how to There's a reason why in fact Let's just take the first two games, right? Well, that's all we can take is the first two games. No. 
We can take the first two games in all of last season. The Steelers look exactly the same. The Steelers look exactly the same. From a from all last season to these two games, the Steelers look exactly the same. And that is a huge problem. We know what the Steelers are. The Steelers are an incredible defense. Probably the best defense in the league. And that's it. Big Ben looks old. He still can't throw the ball downfield. His arm looks more shot than Drew Brees' arm. And his accuracy from short range is really good. But again, he can't get the ball downfield. Their offensive line is horrible. Which is why Najee, I think they're 31st in rushing right now. With Najee Harris. I understand he's a rookie. But Najee Harris at least it should be one of the better running backs in the league. And they're 31st in running. Not because of Najee's, because of how bad their offensive line is. You have a pretty good receiving core. Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, Johnson, which I hope that he he looks like he's going to be out for a lot of time because he got hurt on like the last play of the game. The Raiders didn't do anything special. And the Steelers... Yes, you can have the best defense in the league, or at least one of the best defenses in the league, but when your defense is called upon like constantly to save you, there's going to be times when they can't. And they're going to get tired. I mean, the defense was, do you know how the defense was on the field for the for the Steelers so like for so long. The time of possession, the time of possession discrepancy is crazy. And the Steelers, man, this is why I said they're going to be third in the division. I think they're going to be better than the the Bengals, but this team, in my opinion, is nowhere close to being as good as the Ravens or the Browns. Because the same things that plagued them last year is the same thing that's plaguing them this year. And it's worse because they're a year in. I mean, they're like another year. So Big Ben ain't younger. Juju's not younger. You know, Claypool's not younger. He's still young, don't get me wrong, but the Steelers look, did not look good. The Steel and is I would say they need to change they need to like rectify it and and they still have time, but this is the same thing we saw all last year. This is why I continuously said, do not let that 11 11 and 0 fool you. There's a lot wrong with this team and the same thing that I was talking about is the same thing that we're seeing. In week two. So. And the Raiders man. Shouts out to Derek Carr. Shouts out to Derek Carr. Now I'm hearing. I think Keyshawn Johnson. Saying that he's top five quarterback. Uh, No. (laughs) Not at all. Not even a little bit. But Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is definitely underrated. And I think he doesn't. He doesn't get a lot of respect that he deserves. Uh, But Derek Carr. You know what it is. Derek Carr is good with the pieces around him as far as Derek Carr can make the pieces around him good. 
I don't think he's good enough to make them great. I don't think that Derek Carr alone, like, I don't think Derek Carr's talents can went like rise the Raiders up out of this uh, obscurity and 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 get them wins that they shouldn't lose. You know what it is? I don't think Derek Carr is good enough to win games that they shouldn't. Outside of the Ravens, but that was a lot of you know the Ravens were injured this happened third. Derek Carr is really good. Derek Carr is a is a great talent. And I think a very underrated talent. I just don't think I know he ain't no top ten or top five. Uh, and I, you know, I just I don't I just don't you know Derek Carr is good, but he doesn't have a lot to work with. But he still won. So I'm not here to just throw dirt in his name. So shouts out to Derek Carr. Shouts out to Derek Carr. So and the Raiders for beating the Steelers, twenty six to seventeen. The Bears beat the Bengals 20 to 17 and Andy Dalton got hurt meaning and it comes Justin Fields and I don't remember who said it but it was a defensive player that said one of the easiest things that you can do is fool a rookie quarterback and you saw it I mean <laughs> Justin Fields got fooled on a play badly and threw an interception now Matt Nagy already came out and said that if Andy Dalton is healthy, he's going to start. I think they're just committed to that at this point. I don't, I mean, Justin Fields looked good at times. I don't think he's ready, but I don't know. I I don't know when he will get ready. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to, he's going to have to play games. You're going to have to get uh, reps like that. And I just don't know when he's going to be ready. If he keeps going, you know, the, the reason why they're starting Andy Dalton over that over Andy, uh, what's his name? Justin Fields is they don't, th- they don't think Andy Dalton's going to hurt them. Andy Dalton might not win them games, but he's not going to hurt them. The problem is when you're hurt, which of course you can't control getting hurt, but when you're hurt or when you're throwing interceptions or fumbles, then it's going to, it, then it's like, all right, what are we doing? Like, what are you doing? So I think, you know, the Bears, they're going to, if he's healthy to play, they're going to continue with Andy Dalton. I just don't understand or know when, you know, uh, I don't know when, um, when Justin Fields is going to play. Maybe, I, I will say maybe week four, week five, but how it was going, they're, they're trying to run the wheels off of Andy Dalton. So I don't know what's going on here. So we'll, we'll see, I guess. So, a shout out to the Panthers for beating the Saints twenty six to seven. We saw old Jameis. <laughs> we saw we saw old Jameis man have two very bad interceptions, like horrible. Like, bro, no, Jameis, don't. You know, it was so bad. Like once he threw it, like you can tell almost every Saints fan was like, no, ah, James, what are you doing? Like it was a bad interception. And one of the most kept secrets in the league right now is how good the the Panthers defense is. Like the Panthers right now have a top defense in the league. That's how good they are. Like they they are physical, they're fast and they don't they don't let much wiggle room go. Now, I can also contr- uh, con- I'm also contributing the Panthers being 2 and 0 to their record. Like they're not really playing uh juggernauts either, kind of like the Broncos, but they're beating who they're beating. They're beating who's on the schedule. So the Saints, you know, they did not look like they did week one. 
the 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 same Saints that rolled into that road week one is not the same that that played the Panthers. I'll tell you that. But shouts out to the Panthers. Uh, Sam Darnold looked good again. Again, when you have a, a a team around you, when you have a better organization, you're gonna look better if you have the talent. A lot of people were saying Sam Darnold sucks and just get him out of the league when he was with the Jets. But as you're seeing, when you're playing, when when he's playing a, behind a great offensive line or a good offensive line, when you have really good offensive pieces like Christian McCaffrey, like Rob, Robbie Anderson, like DJ Moore, and when you have a good coach and Matt Rule, hey, boom, you're gonna look good. So, shouts out to the Panthers for beating the Giants, uh, Saints, uh, twenty-six to seven. <sighs> I think I was wrong. I think I was wrong about Matt Ryan. You know, I always said I was I was confused. I'm like, yo, why does the freaking Atlanta Falcons suck so bad? Now, I was not wrong. Their defense is horrible. Now, a lot of it is, of course, Tampa Bay, but they lost the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat them 48 to 25. They were they're in the game for a minute and then it just just lost it but Tom Brady threw five touchdowns Tom Brady is looking like he's 25 again uh I know Gronk had two touchdowns Chris you no know, Mike Evans had two touchdowns I think Chris Godwin had a touchdown the Bucks look incredible the Bucks look like the best team in the league right now after two two weeks uh Antonio Brown looks good, even though he didn't score a touchdown, but he looks good. Leonard Fournette looks good. The Bucks look great. But I think I may have been wrong about Matt Ryan. I was always saying that the biggest – let me say this. I was right about this. The Falcons' biggest problem is their defense. Their defense quite possibly is the worst defense in the NFL. Proud. I will I will put the 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 Falcons defense up against the the Jets defense against the the Minnesota Vikings defense against the Jaguars defense. I put the the Bengals defense. I think the Atlanta Falcons have the worst defense in the league, and I I don't even think it's close. But that's not why I'm saying I was wrong about Matt Ryan. I always thought it's it can't be Matt Ryan. I mean, Matt Ryan was an MVP in this league. He took the Falcons, even though they lost, he took the Falcons to the Super Bowl. You have Calvin Ridley, even though he's not a top, top, top 10, top tier running back. You have Mike Davis. You have Kyle Pitts. I think another big problem that I didn't think, you know what it was? I was wrong because I didn't think Matt Ryan is a problem. Matt Ryan is a huge problem. At least two weeks in, Matt Ryan is a huge problem. I mean, he had two pick sixes or two. Yeah, two pick sixes from the same guy. Like the same guy picked had a pick six on him twice in one game. He looks, he panics. He'd be throwing the ball anywhere. He just, I think he lost it. I think it's it's probably been time, and I was just naive to it, or I was just denying it. But I think it may be time 
for Atlanta to really start looking for a new quarterback. Because Matt Ryan looks horrible. Matt Ryan has looked horrible all season. He didn't look good a lot last season. And it's not looking good for Matt, man. It's not looking good for Matt, so... Shouts out for the to the Bucks for beating the Falcons. I think the Falcons are probably Falcons, even with the talent that they have, Falcons t- top five worst team in the league. And that that's saying that's that's in the league with the Titans. Man, whatever. Speaking of the Titans, uh you know, I hope Tyrod Taylor gets better, but he got hurt. But the Browns beat the Titans twenty one. Oh no, thirty one to twenty one. Uh, Jarvis Landry also got out. He was placed on IR, so he'll be out the next three weeks. Um, Nick Chubb looks looks great. The I mean, again, the Browns got right back. You know, got back on track. Nick Chubb, Baker Mayfield didn't lose him the game. Uh, they look good. Their defense. I think the the Browns have the best offensive line in the league. So Baker Mayfield has time, especially with the with the weapons. I think with Jarvis Landry leaving, I think Odell Beckham probably will be back, if not next week, the week after, probably next week. And uh, yeah, man, the Browns look good, and the you know Texans again. I hope Tyrod Taylor gets back. They started a rookie quarterback who didn't look good at all. Um, or they they had to replace him with a rookie quarterback who didn't look good at all. So um, you know that's the Browns. So shouts out to them. And that has been my week two breakdown. <laughs> yeah, man, that's that's been the breakdown. So let's move forward. So we already talked about Ben Simmons, man. We talked about Ben Simmons' uh, report. Like the the rumor was he wasn't reporting to camp. That has been confirmed. That Ben Simmons will not be reporting to the 76ers camp and. He's made it clear that he has no intentions to ever play for the 76ers organization again. Why am I talking about this? Because we've talked about this before. Uh, these are this is pretty much confirmation. But I'm talking about this because I'm starting to look at this from a new perspective. When's the best time to sell a car? Right. The best time to sell a car is when it's at its peak shape. Probably when 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 it just got out the shop as far as all you know all the parts are working you just got a car wash you just got a polished the last time the last the worst the absolute worst time to sell a car is when you have dents on the junk you have scratches everywhere um it's still a very good car it's just it doesn't look good it doesn't it doesn't look like even though it is a good car it doesn't look like a good car the reason why I'm talking about this now, even though we've we've been talking about this and pretty much confirmed is, I think Ben Simmons is playing this wrong. I understand that you don't rock with the organization anymore after, you know, the fans turned on you and what Doc Rivers said after the game and what Ben Sim- I mean, no, what Joel Embiid said after the game. But you also have to realize, or Ben Simmons also has to realize, he was horrible in the playoffs against the Atlanta Falcons, Atlanta Hawks, Atlanta Hawks, Atlanta Hawks, especially in the fourth quarter of, of the entire series. I just think you're playing it wrong. You're not. Ben Simmons is still a good, a great player. 
but his 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 trade trade stock is at an all time low. One because of what the 76ers are asking for. It'd be different if the 76ers were asking for what they're asking for. If Ben Simmons was still playing like he's been, like we know Ben Simmons to play, he hasn't. We're the last time we saw Ben Simmons, he was wide open for a layup and dropped it off to Matisse Thimble, who got fouled and missed, I think, one and one the free throw line. Ben Simmons, six, seven, six, eight, six, six, eleven, Ben Simmons. Your starting point guard, Ben Simmons, scared to shoot to shoot a layup. And now you're saying that you don't never want to come back to the team. Now we get you know, Ben Simmons, we know who Ben Simmons is. We know who he is. It's you know, we know. I just I just think you're playing it wrong. If I were him, I would go back, you know, play it out, still want the trade, but play it out, let people know, okay, my jump shot has gotten better. Hopefully it has, which I doubt it has, even though I'm starting to see all these hoop mixtapes and stuff where it's gotten better, but that always happens. My jump shot has gotten better. I'm still dedicated to the game. I'm still one of the, uh, you know, a premier player. So that the asking price that the 76 are asking for isn't as steep as it is now when the last time I seen him, he was dumping it off to Matisse Steinbull. It's I just think he's playing it wrong, man. I, again, I would go do training camp, probably do preseason, probably do. I will look towards the trade deadline. I'm like, all right, I'm here until the trade deadline and then, you know, we out. Cause again, like, and I and I gave a list, man. You know, I, I talked about the seventy, not seventy. I talk about Portland. I talked about Golden State, uh, Washington, Boston. All these places I think could be good for him. But it's like, I don't think Boston can afford him. I know Golden State is not trying to give up all that they're asking for. I don't think Portland can afford him. So they're gonna have to trade. Like, who can really afford Ben Simmons, or who's gonna give up what they're asking for? Clippers maybe, but no, that's too many cooks in the kitchen, in my opinion. I just, I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Washington probably can't afford Ben Simmons, so I just don't. I just think you're playing. I think Ben Simmons is playing it wrong. Now he's gonna land somewhere. Still Ben Simmons. He's still young. He's still a premier player. But I don't know if the destination that he wants is where he's going to land because of this of the moves that he's doing now so we'll just wait to have we'll, we'll have to wait and see so. and lastly before we go so jj reddick announced his retirement after what 15 years in the league um shouts out to jj reddick he's been on several teams like uh of course new orleans pelicans the 76ers uh the dallas mavericks i think you know he he's he's he, one one there's a reason why you see a lot of shooters as far as you know Steve Novak or or Reggie Miller or uh Ray Allen Larry Bird could have played longer if his body didn't just did get destroyed but there one trait that always lasts longest in the NBA are shooters hell Matt, Mike Miller like shooters Kyle Korver who's still kicking shooters you you can it that's a game that every team's gonna need a shooter every team's gonna need a shooter shooter and that's why you see a lot of people that 
mostly predicate their game on shooting lasts as long as they do. That's why I don't even know Steph Curry is, what, 33, 34? I don't think – I think his game is – he still maybe has another, I don't know, nine, ten years left because he – Clay Thompson – that's why I'm not really worried about if he's going to come back. I'm worried a little bit about his defense, but shooting is shooting. You, you don't forget how to shoot. So that's the way that that's the reason why JJ Redick, who isn't the best defender, who isn't the best scorer, be, but he's in a, he's a tremendous shooter has lasted as long as he did. And a lot of people are thinking, you know, he could, he could always come back if he wants to, but shouts out to JJ Redick. Um, for an incredible career. I think he only missed the playoff once in his career. I know he was with Orlando and the, those teams and the Clippers. So, shouts out to J.J. Redick, man. Incredible, incredible player. One of the best uh, one of the best shooters the league has ever seen. And uh, congratulations on 15 years. So, And there you have it, man. That has been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. If you want an Unpopular Podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve, joggers, the link is in the description below. I have multiple different designs, multiple different colors. Just click on the design, click on the color, get yours today. Go get your Unpopular Podcast merch. Also, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm trying to reach 1,000 subscribers, so anything will help. And I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. And until next time, much love. People always trying to get involved. I feel like I'm done. I don't know where to run. Maybe we could start I feel like my just be coming undone Tell me why you can't be found It's so unreasonable I know
say give and there's trust I can manage that Can you picture that? 